Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm Lee Gerstman, and I was banned from this podcast, and I'm not too happy about it. So, fuck these guys. Go to hell. So, here they are. Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Enjoy. I know I will, even if they did ban me. Fucking assholes. Hey everybody, it's me, Dr. Fuckalicious, and with me as always... Oh yeah, the Ayatollah Alcoholic and Wadley. Hi Ian, how you doing, bro? I'm doing pretty damn good. Well, that's that's damn good to hear, bro. (laughs) You like my higher, my, my, my high tenor? I like that. Good to hear, bro. (laughs) So, uh, Ian, I understand we got somebody, a very rare occasion we let somebody join us with the news. But yes. I believe we have somebody here. Yes, we have the acetic headbanger. Stephen Kirsch is with us this week. Yay! Oh yeah! Yeah, Stephen Kirsch. I just I just opened my can of seltzer. I've always wanted to do that on this show. Hell yeah, man! Now that guy knows how to party. <laughs> how you doing, guys? Oh, doing we're doing great. great. I'm doing speaking great. for Ejen, so uh, I'm Ejen. <laughs> I'm speaking for Ian. We're doing great. Uh, um, hey, well, before we get into the news, uh, we got any of those iTunes reviews uh, there, Ian? No, no, no iTunes reviews. What? But, what uh, do you mean we don't have no iTunes reviews? <laughs> but uh, I would like to address uh, last week's episode, uh, our Deep Purple episode, and I've got a lot of nice messages uh, about me opening up about my... Uh, you know, my personal strife that I'm going through and shit. And, uh, you, know, you know, Ralph, you and I even talked about it before. I was like, ah, I don't want to bring it up. And then I did. And you're like, you sure you want to do this? I was like, fuck it. You know, this this show's all about honesty. And uh, we never mail it in. And we're real about so much other shit. Why not be real about that? So I did. And um, I got a lot of great response. And I got to thank everybody uh, that did. I am on a, a, a Facebook hiatus right now. Uh, I decided to take off the rest of the year from my radio show and from Facebook uh, just because of how much time it takes up. And now I need a little, you know, me time. Uh, the only thing I'm not abandoning is the show because we need to build up some episodes. And I'm getting ready to go on vacation for a little under two weeks. So, uh, you know, Ralph and I are going to do a lot of recording. But... I wanted to thank everybody. Uh, it, it was a nice response. People saying that it was, you know, brave of me to talk about that shit. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know about all that, but uh, it, you know, it was it was nice to know that our close knit family, you know, that you guys care, and uh, it, it meant a lot to me. But I'm doing a thousand times better. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know. Some some kind of you know devastation, but there's also like you know the phoenix rising from the ashes, and uh, so it, it was nice to hear all that shit. And you know, I, I tell anybody out there going through the same shit, man. Uh, you know, it, it's easy when when somebody throws you away to feel like fucking trash, but uh, you can overcome that shit, man. And don't let anybody. Uh, make you feel less than fucking human 
you know, and, and try to remember you're worth something, you know, unless you're a Sammy Hagar fan, then you brought that shit on yourself and the wonder shit on you. But, uh, you know, for all you innocent people out there like me, uh, shit gets better, and, uh, you know, I just want to say thanks to everybody. And uh, I, I'm doing much better, but it, it is different. You know, it, it's it's different being my age and being uh, single again. You know, and uh, it's weird. It's it's 2018. You you, you know what you know what I did the other day, Ralph? What I did joined, you? <laughs> I joined something you're a part of. What the that, <laughs> that would be Twitter. I mean, not Twitter. Uh, Tinder. Oh yeah, swipe right, swipe left. <laughs> oh my God, is this thing fucking? Weird. Hey, hey. I, I, I don't don't it, bad bad mouth my sweet Tinder. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's weird to me. Because, uh, you know, it's one of those things, like, I, I just had, like, uh, a breakdown where, where you stop from, like, uh, you know, feeling sorry for yourself and sad all the time, drinking and listening to sad tunes to where, like, you know what? You just wake up and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to let this fucking kill me. I'm going to move on. And uh, so I decided to do that. But, oh, man, you know, it, I've been out of the game for a while. <coughs> so uh, it was weird. But, man, the, the, the chicks on there, what a bunch of, like, fucking prima donna needy women on there. Hey! <laughs> I, I don't know. I found, like, two types. I, I found, like, two types. There's, like, these uh, like very pretty yet needy women. You can tell why they're single because everything's like, I want a man to travel and to take me, you know, to do this and do that. Like, oh, you can just tell, like, oh, that's high maintenance. I don't yeah, care. It must be a like, New Orleans thing. Oh man. Well, see that that's the majority that, that I saw was was shit like that. You know, chick. I want a man to travel. You know, and I just want a chick to come over here and watch Netflix and go around the world. <laughs> but uh and, and the other hand was chicks looking to cheat uh that's hot <laughs> that, that's hey that, you don't know that, the guy that's a response i got was this this chick naughty wife uh <laughs> was a match for me naughty wife i was like are you married she's like yeah wait she wasn't in new jersey was she <laughs> yeah yeah no <laughs> you're safe on this one uh <laughs> She was a New Jersey Jew, was she, Randy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're you're safe on this one. But uh, no, it was like a nerdy wife, and I'm like, I'm like you're married? She's like, yeah. I'm like, does your husband know that you're doing this? She's like, no, I, I keep this on the side. Oh, that ain't hot. And, and I was like, I was like, it's hot nah, when the husband knows. I, I got I got to take a pass, Mrs. Jacobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> True story, though. True story. I was like, nah, that, that's just some that's some bad juju. Um, hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, Don't bring <laughs> Steven into this. <laughs> oh, God, you can't say anything. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I took a pass on that. So, you know, there, there, I didn't see a lot of chicks like like people that I, I would find uh, interesting or, or, or stimulating. But I, I guess that's oh, what it is. You yeah. mean you mean they didn't have cocks? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you gotta, like, yeah, you gotta look for trans, bro. Yeah, yeah. None of them would rise to it. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but you know what? Fuck it. I'm out there. I'm trying to, you know, it is what it is, but I'm feeling a ton better. And, uh, again, I thank everybody for all the kind words and stuff that I got. And, uh, you know, so if, if I made, you know, somebody else out there feel like they're not alone, that we did our job. And that's why this show is what it is. You know, and, and, and we are. We're like a fucking, like this weird, dysfunctional fucking family. And, you know, I was told that, you know, it's it's stupid. It's stupid all the time I spend with you people. And, uh, you know, oh. and, 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 and you're not real friends and shit like that. But you know what? Uh, That's I not true. Steven is I, your real friend. I disagree. That's true. That's yep. true. Steve's been over to my house. I cooked dinner. That's right. Steve's a friend. Yep. Yes. But uh, th- no, there's a lot of other friends out there. And, uh, and <laughs> like, I, like who? Uh, I, I I don't name names. I'm not a name dropper. You right. know, but uh, <laughs> Kanye West, uh, Ariana Grande. You know, I got a lot of friends. Um, but uh, no, it, it it all meant something. And uh, you know, anybody that's trying to get in touch with me, I'm just taking a break from social media. But I'm not that guy that post i'm leaving facebook and sticks around for an hour to see who gives a shit no i'm just taking a break man and i'll be back after the new year um a radio show be back after the new year and i'm gonna be great i'm gonna be fine life moves on and uh and i'm just glad somebody got something out of that shit right on ian glad glad to know you're doing better bro yes sir all right well now it's time to go into the news oh and, uh, oh, God, this, this story, this, this made me laugh. This made me laugh. Uh, Shinedown bassist said, our band gets closer and closer every day. We generally love each other. I guess it's easy to get closer and closer when there's nobody else at your fucking show. Well, what, what's their head, Ian? I don't even, I know the name. Eros. Eros? Eros. How, one. Did, how does it go? Uh, I ain't singing it. Uh, you sing it, Ian. I don't know that fucking garbage. I, I actually, mean, I, I like some of the stuff, of course. Yeah, yeah of course you do. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, God. Uh, yeah, no, but to me, I, I, I couldn't name you a song, but I know I heard some, like, radio shit. It's terrible, like, radio rock. Arrows, uh, arrows up my ass. That's what I call your cop. An arrow. Is that the song, you, uh, Steve? Well, arrows, but yeah, close. Uh, All right, yeah. It's about, it's about uh, a pet name for cocks. Up the ass. Yeah, yeah but I'm going but, uh, down there on your cock and I'm gonna shine it. Shine down. Shine I, the knob. I, I was gonna say, like, who the fuck listens to the shine down and Steve had to fuck up my joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, moving on. Uh next story, man. Uh this is a sad one. Um uh, Gary Holt's father did pass away. Oh. And um uh, he put a nice tribute uh, to him up on online and stuff, and and really had some great things to say about uh, his father, and just want to send our condolences out to him. And uh, uh, that sucks, man, losing a parent. And uh, oh yeah, but he he did the right thing, man. He 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 left the he left the show and got the you know he was there when his father passed, and uh, you know he gave a big shout out to to Slayer and to Exodus and. Uh, to, uh, to fill demo for you know filling in for him and stuff and uh, v- very nice tribute. If you go on uh, Blabbermouth, you should read that. It's a really nice shit. So, uh, My condolences, Senior Holt. Yes, sir. Suck. Yes. 
All right. Well, uh, here's one we've talked about before, but it's coming back in the news now because Rush bassist Getty Lee's putting out a new book. But uh, he just, uh, again, confirmed that they are done and saying that, uh, uh, you know, both Leibson and, and, and Peart are, you know, they just got health ailments that uh, prevent them from playing. And he really doesn't see any new music coming, no shows, but says that they are closer than ever. And uh, they, they hang out regularly. You know, of course, he gets to see Alex more because they live right by each other. And uh, but he said they've been having dinner with Neil and that, you know, that friendship hasn't gone. But he said that the part of them being Rush, uh, you know, that part of their life is over. And I, I think this is a band that's really handled this with dignity and, and respect. And uh, man, it just makes me that much more thankful that we saw him on that on that farewell tour. What do you think? Yeah, yeah you know, I, I got to bring this up. I mean, this is like. I never listen to Eddie Trunk, but I was, I was like, oh, you know what? I do want to hear this because that's where he was on talking about, you know, Neil doesn't play drums anymore. He's retired. Let me listen to this uh, uh, interview with uh, Getty Lee, with Eddie Trunk. And dude, the beginning, Eddie Trunk's talking, right? And then uh, he's like, oh, Getty Lee will be here any minute now. So I think he starts talking about Gigi Allen or something. And then uh, they give him the news saying, uh, Getty's going to be 30 minutes late. You should hear the hissy fit this twat did. Uh, uh, you know, for months, for months I've been working on I meme, I swear, you know, I'm not goofing when I say this. I swear he said it goes, me, I was the one going back and forth with emails. I it was me doing all this and oh, oh my god. And I'm thinking, you twat, you got this legendary basis. Uh, from Rush coming in to do an interview with you. He's a half hour late and you're bitching. Oh God, I can't stand this guy. Yeah, go listen to it. He, he, he you know, first he's like holding back. He doesn't want to say it. Mm. And he's like, oh, 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 and then he, and you know what? You know what? And then he starts bitching about how he went back and forth. Like it wasn't his assistants, uh, like trying to do all this uh, setting up Getty Lee to be there. And it's amazing. And then Getty Lee shows up, and of course he lathered his eyes. He ain't got no problem. But, yeah, God, I can't stand that guy. That's a shame. And, you know, I, I listened to Eddie Trunk for years. And, you know, I've said it before. I was a loyal listener to his live radio show when he did that. And uh, the guy answered the phone. I didn't have to say my name. He's like, Ian in New Orleans. I was like, yep. And, uh, but, yeah, it seems like he's getting progressively worse and worse. Oh, he's terrible, man. He's just terrible. Like that's somebody fair. sent me. That's a shame. Somebody sent me a link of you know of him bitching about you know Gene selling swords, and you should see him like oh now you know what Gene's got to do he's got to like 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 blow the sword like do like you know blow fire like seventeen times during the show so he can fucking sell him <laughs> and I'm thinking God dude this guy's like laughing at his own jokes and shit and they're not even funny and, and you know and then he gets that high pitch. <laughs> Oh my, I can't stand the guy, man. I just can't stand him. I mean, I was able to tolerate him before. You know, I, I did always have a little problem with him. You know, like, oh man. Like, you know, look, I don't mind if the guy is stuck in a time warp. I really don't. But it really does, like, you know, piss me off that this is the guy that's, you know, the spokesman of metal or rock or whatever the fuck that doesn't look into anything new. He looks into Ghost, 
which was a terrible interview, by the way. Um, uh, uh, Greta Van Fleet and that the struts that he keeps talking about. Well, I went to go check it out. That shit was terrible. But, hey, that's just my opinion. But, you know, that's all he talks about is those three bands and everything else is Time Warp City. And, you know, he only talks about Ghosts because they're popular. He only talks about Greta Van Fleet because they're popular. And he talks about the struts because they're managed by the same guy I think manages Deep Purple or, you know, somebody that's friends with him, you know? That's the only reason he knows these bands. But, ah, enough. Ah, I'm done talking about Eddie Trunk. Well, uh, uh, Steven, what, are, you, are you a fan of Eddie Trunk? Um, I mean, I used to watch that metal show, and um, I've actually met him a couple of times, and he's all right. I mean, I, I listen to his podcast, but only only if it's who he's interviewing is who I'm into. I'm not like, like you guys, I'll listen to whatever you're doing, even if I don't like the album. But Good answer. Him, Good answer. What an ass kisser. <laughs> and I mean, I I didn't, I you know, I listen, whoever he's, he's into, and if, it, if I want to hear that person, then I'll listen to it. If not, then then I'll skip it. But I don't care really one way or the other for him. Right? I know exactly what you're talking about when you, what you say. He's, he's an kisser basically, and, uh, you know. You know, look, and I met him too, and he's a very nice guy. Don't get me wrong, he's a nice guy. I just think, he, you know, he's just terrible. He's, cor- he's corporate, that's what he is. Yeah, yeah. you know. I, but, that's, you know that's a good word. Yeah, he's corporate and, and, and he's a hypocrite. You know, he, like, you know, his show is like, oh, I tell it as it is and I don't hold nothing back. But yet, you know, uh, he's always constantly bashing Paul Stanley for lip syncing, but then I'll have Joe Elliott on and not say a fucking word to him about lip syncing and doesn't call out Tammy Hagar with the quadrillion lies he says. But they're like best buddies. He won't, he'll never right. say anything about Hagar. But, you know, the most telling thing, and uh, again, I, out of respect, I won't say what musician told me this. But it's a you know well-known musician that I talked to uh, told me he goes look he goes he ain't like you and me you know he goes he's he's, he's different you know and and I knew exactly what he meant you know he's not a ride or die motherfucker it's a job you know uh, not not saying that he doesn't love some of this music because I believe he does but he's not you know. Uh, you know, we're a certain breed, and he's not. You know, it's it's something else, man. Which is fine. You know, I don't really attack the guy for that. I just it just bothers me that you know this is the spokesman. You know, and it's like, dude, you're 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 really you should be a spokesman to like some you know time warp show and just you know I don't know, man. I just don't get it myself. But you know, he's popular, and uh, but you know, he's also very much hated too. I mean, uh, you know, the classic metal show. That podcast, that's really yeah. good. I think that's yeah. the name of the show, right? That, that's uh, the one the guy, the guy sent you the money. Yeah, that that dude. They have like 17 episodes on Eddie Trunk of what an idiot he is, and uh, they're all very entertaining. See, I like listening to those guys. But um, yeah, you know, I don't know, man. He's a nice guy and all, but uh, I find him to be very hypocritical and uh, and not really. He's not really that knowledgeable. I love to stump the trunk. I mean, you know, with my foot on his neck, but I'll, I'll do the little, test, <laughs> the little test stuff too, you know. But uh, uh, eh, whatever, man. More but, power uh, to Eddie Trunk and his and his followers. But you know, getting back to what we were talking about, uh, Stephen, I, I know you like, you know, a lot of the lighter stuff. I, are you a Rush fan at all? Um, I never really got into them till I'm, I'm a casual fan. Let's put it that way. I never yeah. got to see them. I wish I did. I remember when I was younger, my brother had Fly By Night, and and I must have been like maybe ten years old or something. 
and I couldn't get over the vocals. I think that's a lot of people's problems with Rush is the vocals. Oh, and yeah. it, it's only later on in life, you know, I mean, I've got a few other albums. I remember being at school and Grace Under Pressure was the first album I really heard of theirs. And, um, you know, I liked it at the time. I can't say I listen to it now. But I, I pick it, like, I make a lot of, I have so much music that I can never know what to put on. So I usually make a lot of playlists and I'll put on, you know, it's the same kind of songs that I'll put on. I don't know any deep cuts or anything like that. But I, I, am, I am sorry that I, I, I didn't get to see them. I would have liked to have seen them. Yeah, they were an amazing band. But luckily for you, this this next uh, story is more in your wheelhouse. Uh-oh. Uh, I know. <clears throat> Camel Corpse guitarist uh, <laughs> Pat O'Brien is apparently getting the help he needs. He has been released from jail and, uh, you know, paid, I think it was a $50,000 bond. And uh, pardon my ignorance and my, and my drunkenness, but uh, we talked about this story on last week's news, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he's... <laughs> how this guy gets out, I don't know. But uh, Well, he must, out- have pa- he must have passed the drug test. Uh, and, that, and that goes out to all you idiots out there that were saying the guy was on meth and all this shit. He wasn't... He, he, he passed the drug test. You know? Oh, he passed the drug test? Well, I, dude, I, they ain't gonna let you out if you don't pass the drug test. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, oh, that's what they, I think. I may be wrong. <laughs> they, they said he had like fifty fucking uh, was it like automatic rifles, fucking, yeah, a bunch yeah. of flamethrowers, and hell, yeah. whole lot of pistols. I'm like, so cool. Good for him. <laughs> but uh, man, I, I just I can't wait for this story to like fully unfold. Uh, you know, it now comes out. That, you know, he was talking about the fucking rapture. And, uh, you know, not the Blondie album, but the, you know, the biblical rapture. Uh, you wouldn't know anything about this, Steve. It's in the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, hey, hey, Ian, you know what metalheads and, uh, and, uh, fuck, I forgot how the joke goes. Keep going. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, what, what, what do metalheads and Jews have in common? Oh, boy. They only listen to the Old Testament. Yeah! Fuck yeah! I got uh, the joke. I remembered it. <laughs> that wasn't even anti-Semitic. Well, no. It wasn't meant to be anti-Semitic, bro. Well, I was expecting something a bit more harsh. No, well, you get that from me and not me. I'm not the racist here. Right. Oh, Lord. Uh, but, uh... Ian Zeke Heil Wadley. Oh, Lord. But, uh... Very fine people. Yes. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, this is just a fascinating story. And, you know, in my opinion, the motherfucker had to be on something. Either that or he had a complete mental breakdown. Uh, you know, and I would hope it was drug-related and not just like he's that fucking crazy. But, uh, man, what an interesting story. And uh, I just I can't wait for this. You know, I, this, this is what I look for every day. Like, where's some new shit on fucking Pat O'Brien, man? Um, yeah, the, it, thing, the thing is, here's the thing. I met that guy way too many times, Pat O'Brien. Yeah. And he is like the nicest guy. He's very down to earth. And I'm not going to mention a certain drummer that I'll tell you off the air that I met him and all he talked about was ghosts in his house and UFOs and all. I mean, I, I, I didn't detect none of that shit from Pat O'Brien. You know, the whole, you know, thing. oh, I got another Jew joke. 
Oh, good. That'd be a good one. How do you how do you get a Jew to come in your house? I don't know. Just ask him over. Oh come on. What? Oh oh look at you, you self hating Jew. You want me to be anti Semitic? <laughs> go ahead, Jew. go ahead, go ahead, Ian, tell him one of your jokes. How, uh, how'd you confuse a Jew? Oh no no I'm I'm about to get offended. I don't you know put, how. You put him in a round room and tell him there's a penny in the corner. Oh, that's not funny. <laughs> you Nazi. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Next story. Uh, I laughed a little. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> I'm not proud of myself now. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Ghost just released a video for Faith. Uh, a live video. Oh, cool. I like that song. That's the that's song after Rats, right? Yeah, it's a great yeah. song. Yeah, a really good one, man, and it's a really cool fucking uh, live video. And just tour, uh, man, it, it it shows you what a spectacle they're putting on right now. I, I'm very happy for the success they're having on this album because uh, I, I think it's a solid album, and 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 good to see a band that you know even I, I mean it's weird. I don't even know if I call them metal. You know, they're just no, something. They're, 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 they're something. They're, well, especially that last one's pretty pop. But you know, they got a little hard. They got a lot of hard rock in them. You know, I hear a lot of '70s right. hard rock influence in their, in their music. Right, but you know, uh, what's weird? I, I, I love the album. Absolutely, I've never heard any Ghost before. I love the album. I listen to it all the time. I've tried all their other albums. I cannot get into any other album. It's the only you know, album. You I know like. what album you might like, uh, Steve, is the EP before. Uh, what was the name of the EP before, uh, Ian? Uh, uh, the, the one the that cover, has the one uh, that has Pope Square Star? Hammer. Isn't Pope that Star. Uh, he is on there? Or there's another song on there too. That's very that it sounds right. a lot like prequel, so that's why I think Stephen might like it. I'm gonna try. Well, I tried. I downloaded a few of the other albums, and I've really tried. I wanted well, to like it. You know what I mean? Because. Well, this here's one, the right? thing, and Ian it's... and and people that faithfully listen to us that maybe you remember this, Steve, uh, before this new album came out, I, I only liked the first album. I couldn't get into the other stuff. And then this new album got me so into it again, and then I started listening to that other stuff and still couldn't get into it, and now I am. It, I think it's, uh, you know, it's one of those that has to grow on. I, I... But hasn't this album caused a lot of controversy? Because I know a lot of people that love... Like Mike Sears loves Ghost, and yet I think he yeah, hates this. I album. believe, yeah, yeah, I believe he, he hates. Yeah, he hates. And I think a lot of people are like that. Not everyone, but I'm saying, you know, uh, it's just caused a little bit of a uh, not a rift, but people either love it or hate right. it, kind of thing. Yeah, but uh, I'm, man, I fucking love it. Man. I mean, I've been I've been listening yeah. to Ghost a lot lately. My biggest complaint is it's too short. It's like 35 I minutes. I like that though, Steve. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm the same. I'm the same way. Uh, well, I, I'd much rather have you know, a shorter me and album. Feel that you know, way where... we both have short penises. Yes. Right. Well, that's why I love Book of Souls. <laughs> <laughs> Steven's packing hey. a fucking uh, cloud. What is it? Empire uh, of Clouds in his pants. Oh Lord. Yes. See, the the doctor told me he's not sure if I have the world's largest penis or the world's smallest hands. <laughs> I got a tip. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's all up uh, for interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> you know my doctor, Dr. Vinny Bombats. All right. Uh, let's see. Next story. 
Uh, Lita Ford was talking about why the Runaways reunion will probably never this. happen. I got something to say about this, but keep going. And uh, basically what she's saying is it all comes down to a fight. You know, I was always led to believe that it was, you know, between Lita and Joan. But it seems like it has a lot more to do with Joan Jett's manager. And other members of the Runaway, uh, like Cherry Curry... Uh, have attested to this, saying that they came real close a few years back, but it, it had to do with the fact of how bad Lita Ford and Joan Jett's manager is. And Lita describes it as it's kind of like a, you know, kind of like a Colonel Tom Parker thing, where you know, Joan Jett's manager rules everything, and you know, if 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 he doesn't agree, it doesn't happen. And Lita even described a, she had a dinner with Joan a few years back to talk about it. And she thought it was just going to be dinner with her and Joan. And lo and behold, Joan drags along her manager. And he's like interjecting at every, you know, proposal and everything they're talking about. And uh, that sucks because I'd love to see a Runaways read. Oh, me too. Me but, too. Uh, what I, do you think I love about? the Runaways. Now, here's the thing. I didn't read the story, but I did, you know, I, got, I guess clickbait. I saw an a article where it said, Lita Ford blames the uh, no runaway reunion on Joan Jett. So I saw that and I just figured, well, look, I, you know, I, I'm a Runaways fan. I love Queen of Noise. I have a couple of their albums. And, uh, but Joan Jett, you know, I don't, look, I don't mean to say this in a bad way, but Joan Jett, you know, abandoning her solo career to do, the Runaways is kind of a downgrade because she she's got a name, you know she's she's popular. Uh, she's not you know Runaways are not as popular as her you know. So uh, but you know now that you ma- mentioned the manager then you know I stand corrected it ain't Joan Jett so. But you know Joan Jett is popular she's more popular than the Runaways. Shit Lita Ford is more popular than the Runaways with her Lita album Kiss Me Deadly at that time. I mean Runaways look I was around at the time. I don't remember ever hearing Runaways on the radio or ever seeing a video or nothing. It wasn't until like years later I got intrigued and, you know, I bought, I bought, you know, because I loved the first two Lita Ford albums that I went out and bought a couple of Runaways albums and I really dug it. It's really good, but, you know, the, the movie's terrible though. Stay away from that one. Steve, Steve liked it. Yeah, I've heard. Well, well Steve, I, I know you like the Bon Jovi song Runaway, but do you like the band, the Runaways? Uh, I don't really know the stuff. I mean, I don't think they were popular in England uh, when I, you know. They weren't and... popular here either. They really weren't. <laughs> you know, I mean. I think, was it Cherry yeah, Bomb? That's, that that's like big... yeah. yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I, can't, I honestly can't say I've heard anything else from them. Yeah, I, I've heard uh, I, I've heard a few songs. Like, I dug a little bit deeper after hearing Cherry Bomb. And uh, I got to say, I dug it too, man. And I would be. That's that's a show I would go My see. My favorite man. is Born be to Be Bad. That's... You ever heard that one? That's a great fucking yeah. Show. And I, I've seen Joan Jett live. She was amazing. I saw Lita Ford live, and she was damn good. Um, but I would really love to see the surviving members uh, get up and play, man. Hell yeah! Fucking a. And uh, and uh, uh, Cherry Curry, uh, who I really did not find attractive at all, is hot as hell now. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think she's hotter now. She had kind you know, of a, a butchy. I don't know. It, yeah, yeah, it was androgynous. Yeah, you know, she know. looked. She, she looked. She looked more like uh, 
like Aladdin Sand era David yeah. Bowie. You know, she looked more mannish yeah. to me. Mina was the uh, hottest, though. You know, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. E- even Chunky, Oof. you know, she was, and 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 she was. You know, people make a lot of. Uh, they talk a lot about that. She wasn't a no, bad she wasn't girl. She just had like some. She just had I some like thick thighs, but I mean, <sighs> yeah. But Lita was always yeah, beautiful, man. man. Mm. You know, uh, oh, and 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 bitch can play oh, guitar. Yeah. She's great, man. you know. And 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 so can Joan, man. Joan Joan's a rocker, you know, chick yeah. through and through, man. And and I, I respect that because there's so many like you know you know chicks you know in music that i just find lame and and to find like a true rocker chick that's hot as yeah, fuck bon jovi that's a lame ass chick <laughs> yeah that's yeah. terrible we, we have it we have an english version from uh of that of the runaways we do you ever hear of girls yeah, school? I, I love girls school, yes. and i saw girls school yeah. twice i saw a girls school on the hit and run tour in a little club here on the beach and believe it or not they opened a perfect strangers tour of Deep Purple. What a, what a oh, odd yeah. building, but I love Girl School. Hell yeah. Ke- Kelly was awesome. Yeah, yeah uh, ugly ugly as hell, all of them, but still. And there was another one called uh, Rock yeah, Goddess. Yeah, Rock so Goddess. I, I dug them too. That, 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 yeah, that those, I don't know. Those chicks were hot. That I don't know. But I do know John Bon Jovi yeah, went to a girl's hot. school. So did Britney <laughs> Fox. They went to a girl's school too. <laughs> <laughs> at the girls' school. All right. Well, here's something. I think we touched upon this last week, and, and uh, again, I was in a haze on last week's news. But we talked about Steve Riley doing uh, his version oh, of like yeah. Guns again, you know, right? The, did you hear the actual true story behind it? Well, I, I well, that I, I don't know. You might be able to add something to the story. What I was getting at is that he revealed. Uh, yeah. The lineup. And and it does include original member Kelly Nichols yeah. on bass. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And Scott Griffin, who used to play with the band, but played bass, replacing Kelly Nichols. He's now on guitar. Uh, a vocalist called Jacob Button. Uh, never heard of him, but I guess he played with Adler's Appetite and some band called Leanum or something. That I don't know. It's still weird. I'm glad to see Kelly Nichols back playing, uh, but uh, yeah, what well, a weird well, tale. Ian, I mean, but, uh, I may have read it wrong, but here's the deal. Now it's like I have respect for this Stephen guy, you know, because you know, it, you know, if you look at it, it's like, oh, this guy's bitter and wants to get back at Phil Lewis and Tracy Guns. But it turns out they're only playing that festival, and that's it. Oh, that yeah, that I didn't uh, know. They had a bad falling out. Uh, the other LA Guns with the guy from that festival, so he offered like a ton of money to Stephen Riley to do it, you know. And I think he's only doing that. He's not going to continue the band, you know, because uh, Stephen Riley, oh, okay. I think he does uh, movie work now. You know, he w- composes music. I think something like that. Oh. That that I didn't. Yeah, I didn't so read he's that. not. It, this, okay. I mean, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, people, but this there's not going to be two LA Guns out there. Only for that weekend, whenever they play that show. So oh, okay. Well, all right. I might have to dig further into that story. All right. All right. Well, uh, next, Overkill has released uh, a lyric video for the first single off their new album, The Wings of War, uh, called Last Man Standing. Have you listened to that one? Yeah, yet, Ralph? yeah I, I got it. It is really good. 
Yeah, it's amazing. It's I love awesome. it. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I like it. Okay. Um, I thought it was great musically. I mean, it, it sounded like uh, Overkill to me, which that I love. Uh, but lyrically, uh, I, I just found it a little weak in stock. Uh, you know, especially for a first single that you're putting out there. Now, now, you know, granted, I only heard it once. Uh, but I gotta admit, I was a little underwhelmed because I'm, I'm so used to, like, the last five or six albums they put out. I, I've loved all of them. Well, I, I love uh, every That last album had a single where the guy said, the cat is out in the rain. I mean, that's not the greatest lyrics either, dude. But I didn't really analyze these uh, lyrics. I just listened to it. Yeah, I, I, don't, I just found that part of the song a little underwhelmed. I, I found it a little stock. You know, for a first single, it sounded like, you know, it would have been a great album track, uh, but not necessarily a single. But regardless, uh, I'm going to be a first-day buyer because I just love fucking Overkill, man. I mean, honestly, I don't think they've ever made a bad album, just some I like more than others. Uh, but I, I'm surprised to hear, uh, Steve, that you liked it. I, I would think uh, Overkill would be a little bit too heavy for you. No, I, I listen. I saw Overkill. Oh my God! I th- on the Taking Over tour. No oh, I mean, shit. Yeah, they, I think they opened. I think it was for. I think we had this discussion once before. I think they opened for Halloween. I can't quite remember. Oh. And, um, I, I drink a lot. We might have talked about that. <laughs> but it was it was a Taking Over tour, and uh, no, I've followed them ever since then. I mean, I had all. No oh, shit. Albums, yeah. Right on. I got all their albums. Um, oh. I'm, I've never. That's the only time I've seen them though, and uh, yeah, I, I like. I'm not. I'm not into like death metal and the extreme stuff like that. But I, you know, I like heavy stuff too. It's just I'm more middle of the road. Most just good classic rock. I just I like good riff, good chorus. You know. Right. But uh, yeah, I love Overkill. I love Slayer. You know, and early Anthrax or Bush era Anthrax, and uh, I don't know Exodus. You know, a bit of everything. Well, that's kind of a. Uh a perfect segue into uh, the album we're going to talk about this week uh, because everybody has their favorite band. You know, with Ralph, it's Black Sabbath. <clears throat> with with me, it, it's real Van Halen. And uh, with you, Steve, I, 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 am I wrong here uh, if I if I say Thin Lizzy is your favorite band? Uh, well, I'm 48. Thin Lizzy has been my favorite band since I was probably about eight or nine years old. Okay, so I, I'm right on the money. Sounds That's like it's great. His favorite band. So, so with that being said, let's get into our review of their. Well, I ain't gonna say what year it is because uh, we want to see if Ralph knows. But we're gonna talk about Johnny the uh, Fox. Yeah, let me week. think. Hey, let's pretend we edited it. All right, now it's time to review uh, the 1970. <laughs> oh fuck, dude, 76. Oh, yes! Yeah, let's look at me. Hey, this was released the same year as Jailbreak, right? Am I right? Yes. Uh, they, right. I believe they were like All seven right. months apart or something. Those were the days. I had a confession days. to make, but actually, by guessing now, I really that was a legitimate guess. But on my new uh, YouTube channel, I did the best of 1976, and I remember both those albums came out at the same year. But I did 76, 77, 78, all on private, so. Hey, it's still legitimate that I picked 76. You're a winner in my book. Thank you. <laughs> Too bad Steve don't think that way. But, but this, this is something, uh, you know, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty on our fan-picked episodes. And that's something uh, 
I want to send out there. Anybody that's paid for an episode, you know, that donated to the Rock and Pod Expo 2, that we haven't done one yet, please message me on Facebook or let me know on the Facebook page. You ain't got to let me know what album you want, but just let me know, like, hey, you haven't got to mine yet. Because uh, we're, we're getting ready to do a bunch of them, and I know a lot of them are ones where people paid uh, to guest as well. So that's always an issue, like setting that stuff up. Uh, you know, but but you know, we honor all of them. We're gonna get we're gonna get through them, and we still got a lot left. I, I think, <clears throat> if memory serves me right, we still got about like ten Jeez. episodes left. And, and don't Is we that, have to that, do that, a Bon Jovi episode with Steve? Well, well, that well, that's, that's what I wanted to ask Steve. Anyway, we're, we're gonna put him we're gonna put him on on the fucking uh, on the plate right here. Do you want to use this as yours, or you know, you don't have to because well, his we, remember my buddy. I would yeah, and, and I've never heard back from him. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I really uh, wanted to I, do I know that Bon Jovi though. <clears throat> um. Yeah. I mean. Oh my God. I, I just can only. I, I can only imagine what I'm going to oh, go through. Oh, it's going to be torture. Yeah. We are going to yeah, fuck with you relentlessly. Well, well, I, I, I mean, I'm giving you the option. I'm going to give you the option here. Uh, you can pick this as your episode, or you know, because you know, we we legitimately asked you. Yeah, you to did. Do this one. You know, you you can pick another one if you don't want to use this. You don't have to cash in that golden coin yet. <laughs> uh, I would. Or, 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 or is there called shekels? <laughs> I I I'll do Bon Jovi. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I've done a Bon Jovi one before, so uh, we have, we, no, no, we, we haven't, haven't done, done none. Bon what, what album <laughs> are you going to do, Steve? Got to be slippery when wet, surely, right? right? Well, at least that nice. one, I don't have to study like four songs off it because I know about four yeah, songs would, off that one. Oh, I would love to do that one. That's going to be a fun one. Okay, so this is a freebie. We're just asking you here because. We love you, brother, and and we know this is your band, and you know who better what to have. We love you, know, you. Only I love him. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm kind of fond so. of him myself. And, 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 you know, in full disclosure, we asked Darren Wharton to come back, and he said no fucking way. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, hey, and that's another thing we got to thank you for, you know, because you you set that up. And that was a great interview we did. And by there. by the way, and, and somebody confirmed to me the other day during the Darren Warren interview, I asked him because you know they played Miami with Journey and stuff, and he remembered the Journey tour. And I asked him if Gary Moore was still with him because Gary Moore left during that tour, and he wasn't right. remember. He didn't remember. He goes, oh, I'm not sure if he was at the Miami one. Well, it was confirmed. The buddy of mine saw that show and said Gary Moore was there. And that pisses me oh. off. That hurts me so bad. Oh, I, you know that say. story, Steve? My my, me and my buddy were going to see Thin Lizzy, and uh, yeah, you went. Yeah, to no, go. he pissed his dad off at the beach, and his dad said, "Nah, I'm not taking you to the show." We were so close, dude. I could have saw the Black Rose tour with Gary Moore. Holy fuck! Oh well, but I did oh, see him at man. Ovation with you, Steve. Not Ovation. What was the name of that club? <laughs> It changed Grand, its name every Grand, week. It was called. Was it called Grand? It the Ovation okay, at one yeah, point. Yeah, that's uh, we we saw the John Sykes line up there. That, that was, was a great awesome. show. I have it. Did I send it to you? I have it on video. Yeah, you did, and 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 I met them all, and it was great. It was a great that's day awesome. there. But anyway, yeah. I mean, because. But you saw yeah, Thin Lizzy, right? Back in the day. 
So yeah, so the the story with me and Lizzie is basically, I've got I'm 48, but I've got two older brothers, uh, and they're like nine years and 11 years older than me. So I used to, um, my oldest brother was a drummer, so I used to hear him playing the drums all the time along to the records. So my my room was at his room was the loft, and then my room was at the bottom of the stairs, and I used to hear him play drums to Thin Lizzy to jailbreak. So one day I asked him to record it for me, and he recorded uh, the jailbreak album on a cassette. And I remember, I was only, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. And I remember saying to him, he was talking to me while he was recording it. And I kept telling him to be quiet because I thought the record, his voice was going to go onto the cassette. So he um, he made that tape for me. And every night when I went to bed, I had a, I used to listen to Jailbreak every single night when I went to bed when I was a kid. And it would, it was um, on both sides of the tape. And the, I don't remember the old cassette recorders that would flip the tape over. And it, and it used to play. I used to go to sleep to Jailbreak every night for a few years, and nice. uh, that that's how I got. And then the very first record that I got uh, was a, a friend bought me at the time. Again, I was probably oh my god, 10, 12, 11 years old. She bought me Jailbreak. It was the gatefold sleeve, and it was the that was the first record I ever owned was was Jailbreak, and nice. uh, and that that's really how I got into them. And then my we had a friend who was a, a family friend who was a had a ticket agency before you know before Ticketmaster and computers and all that and it was called piccadilly box office it was in the sit in in the center of manchester and he was my uncle and basically whenever a show came out we i used to call him up and say i need five tickets for queen i need four tickets for this whatever it may be and i didn't have to you know people used to sleep outside uh, outside of his booth so um we used to get shows all the time and my so brother, the jews do control the media we do we still do <laughs> look at him laugh so anyway he, <laughs> so uh, one day listen to that oh, the irony. <laughs> so my, my my brothers got uh, you know were big lizzie fans and i and uh, i used to listen to their records um, all the time and they went to see lizzie on um, it was the chinatown tour it was the first time and my my mom said the only way that they, they had to take me. So I went to the Chinatown tour, which was in 1980, and I barely remember it. I was 10 years old. And then the year after, <clears throat> the, the, it was the Renegade tour, and that's the one that stuck in my head. I remember the Renegade tour. I remember where we sat. I remember them coming out to with yeah. Angel of Death, with wow. the smoke, the smoke, flags flying, Sweet Savage opened, Ooh, which was Vivian Camp. Awesome. Oh, I nice. Storm. Yeah. And that, that was both those shows. That was with Snowy White yes. on guitar. Yes, it was. Yeah. Right and and, um, and then I saw them the year uh, two years later on, on um, Thunder and Lightning with Sykes. Oh, wow. And I was, th I was I, 13. Because my brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I saw them then. And then the last time I saw Phil was um, he came on as a special guest about maybe a month before he died um, on Gary Moore they did Out in the Fields Parisian Walkways and Military Man um, it was as an encore and that was that must have been the wild uh, the run for cover tour yeah. I think it was yeah so um, and that was like a few weeks before he died and then I remember I was at my friend's house um, staying over with a bunch of us and in, back then we didn't have you know the internet or whatever and we had on the TV we had this channel where it would give you it looked like a basic computer. It was just like the news. You would click to a channel and it was like tights and stuff. And you go to music and then and the headlines was Phil Liner had died. And I was absolutely, I mean, I went home and my mother was like, are you okay? Like she knew, you know, she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. My aunt's like, my aunt was there. She's like, what, who died? What's happened? And she's like, Phil Liner, it's his, you know, his hero. And she's like, oh God. 
and I was devastated. And uh, and yeah, so that, that's that was my, that's how I got into Lizzie, uh, you know, at a young age through that. That's, I, I remember uh, my grandfather telling me the story about you know when my dad found out Jim Morrison died. You know, I think my dad was like 20 at the time, but still it like devastated because like Morrison was his fucking hero. So I could only imagine, you know, at a young age, you know. Yeah, it was. Like, well, he died I, 85, uh, right at the end of 85, I believe. So I was like 15, I think, at the time. And uh, yeah, I was, and it was all over, you know, in England, it's different. It was all over the papers. I mean, and I knew he was ill. I knew he was in hospital. I remember listening to the news a few days before. It was around Christmas time and. He was in hospital, he was in intensive care, and, you know, you don't think they're going to die. I mean, he was, what, I think he was... 36. Yeah, 36. I mean, I used to remember a lot more about Lizzie when I was younger. Now it's, you know, it's fading. But, but yeah, I mean, um, I, I was gutting. To me, like, even now I get pissed off because I'm like, how many albums, how much music we missed, you know, could have been. And, that's what, and he, he was just so, to me, the reason I, I loved the music was because you couldn't, you know, look at Renegade. How many bands can have a jazz song, a rock song, uh, uh, you know, uh, all these different kinds of music on, on one album and get yeah. away with it? And that, that's that's what I loved. And I loved his lyrics. So there was, you, got, you know, that was really why I, I gravitated to Lizzie more than anything. Um, and, you know, obviously the sound, the twin guitar sound and all that. And they grabbed me from when I was like a 10, eight, you know, an eight, nine-year-old kid. That's how I uh, well, got into it. I mean that that's I I love your passion uh, for Thin Lizzy. Uh, do you remember the first time you heard Johnny the Fox? I don't remember the first time I heard it, but I think probably actually the first time I heard it was probably the song because I I used to listen to I used to steal my brother's albums while they were out at work and out during the day because they used to tell me not to touch their albums. <laughs> and I used to and I used to take them and Live and Dangerous I used to borrow take all the time. And um, I really got into Live and Dangerous after Jail Jailbreak was the first one. Then it was Live and Dangerous, and I knew every song from there. And from there, that got me to the other albums by the songs. And Johnny the Fox, the song meets Jimmy the Weed. That was like that's one of my all-time Lizzie songs. So that got me to to Johnny the Fox. And of course, when you're that age, you see the albums, the covers, and that gets you into it as well. You know, the covers always fascinate you. And uh, I mean, not that Lizzie had particularly great covers but that one was a good one and um you know there was a whole mystique about them for me and and the celtic feel and you know so that's that's i don't remember hearing the actual album for the first time but i certainly remember hearing johnny the fox and and associated with the album don't believe a word that kind of stuff what about you Ralph? Well, this one i discovered way later because um it's just a touchdown when <laughs> steve was talking about the way i found out phil died was uh, Heavy Metal Mania was a show that was hosted by uh, Dee Snyder. And it was early, uh, January the January of 86. He died in 85, right? Or was it 86 he died? I, I, I thought it was 86. No, I think it was right at the end of 85. Okay, it was so like... it was in January of 86. Right. Uh, I was watching Heavy Metal Mania, and they played out in the fields. Yeah, Wikipedia, you know, and Wikipedia has fucked up. Says January fourth, nineteen eighty six. All right, so yeah, it was at the end of eighty five, eighty six. So yeah, that's so they right. showed out in the fields, and I, you know I'm a huge Gary Moore fan too. So I'm watching this video, and then all of a sudden Phil comes out. You know I've never heard this song before, and I'm like, oh cool, you know, and I'm recording this shit. 
I'm like, look, it's Phil with fucking Gary Moore. This is really cool. Cool video. Love that song. And then when it, it ends, Dee Snyder comes out, you know, and he says, you know, Phil Lynott uh, just passed away. And I was like, whoa. That's how I found out. And it was a little footnote. That's it. You know, there was no news anywhere. It wasn't on MTV News. You- they weren't no, big they in America. I mean, all, the... all the people know here are boys are back in town, which, look, man, I don't mean to be countercultural, but I don't think that's a really good uh, representation of that band. I really don't, you know? Yeah. Uh, go ahead. But, but you see, here also, he was married to a celebrity's daughter here. So he, he was always in the news with that as well. So he was very, very oh. well known over, you know, as a, as a celebrity himself, even without being with Thin Lizzy. So everybody. So it was such a contrast because here nobody really knew them. They were more of a musicians band, I think, over here. Like any time I've met musicians before, Americans, you know, um, they've all they've always. I used to have a, a biker jacket, and on the back it had uh, Phil, you know, a, a painting of, of Phil and the Lizzie logo on it, all kinds of stuff. A friend of mine did it, and uh, they always used to comment on it. And everybody I met loved Lizzie, you know, all like the American bands that would come over to England. They all loved Lizzie. But they never really made it, America. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you know who talked who talked to me about Lizzie and, and fucking loves him is uh, Kirk Weinstein from Crowbar. Oh, right. Yeah, he's it's got a, a thin Lizzie thing. Yeah, yeah. He he loves thin Lizzie, man. We sat there, got drunk, and he'd talk about it. And, uh, you know, huge, huge fan. Well, but yeah, I mean, they only had, uh, of course, their biggest hit here was Jailbreak. That was their only, like, selling album in the state still. It's their only gold album. They don't even have a platinum album here. Their well, only got, gold album is Jailbreak. Right after that, they were supposed to come back for the Bad Reputation, and that's when all that crap happened with Brian Robertson. And right. and, it, and it also, I think, Phil got hepatitis after that, and they had to cancel the tour. Well, he, he, had, he had hepatitis, well, he had hepatitis for the uh, Jailbreak tour. Right. That, that that that's why this album came out in '76, is because while he was touring for Jailbreak, he got the hepatitis, and they had all this downtime, and he wrote a lot of this while he was on the downtime recovering from hepatitis. Yeah, that's right. But they lost that. They lost the float. Like if they would have, if he hadn't the got momentum. The, yeah. Yeah, they lost the momentum. That's what they say, and never really recovered from it. You know, if they'd have carried on, then who knows what could have happened. But because it was, I mean, they were opening for Queen over here, and. Uh, you know, right. doing some good gigs. played with Queen here, New, News of the World uh, tour at the Hollywood Sports yeah. Tour. Thin Lizzy opened for that. Uh, and I remember yeah. that as a kid. I re- do remember that. Even though I wasn't really into uh, Thin Lizzy at that time, but I did know Queen. But uh, Ian asked me how I discovered Johnny Fox. Well, uh, Thin Lizzy a funny story with me because when I was a little kid, I bought Bad Reputation in a used bin. Not a used bin, just a cheap bin. And I, I fell in love with it. I just loved it. And then the only other album I found wasn't Jailbreak, believe it or not. It was uh, Live and Dangerous. So I lived with Bad Reputation and Live and Dangerous through the 70s all the way up to 83. Is that when Thunder Lightning came out? Uh, I don't know. What? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, right. it, when I got right. when, it was actually my buddy Milo, same guy that turned me on to Merciful Fate. He, uh, he played me Thunder and Lightning, and I'll never forget the first time I heard that. I was like, that's fucking Motorhead, you know, the song Thunder and Lightning. Oh, I got to get this album. So I bought the album, and I became so fanatical about, you know, Holy Wars and Cold Gin. I mean, Cold Gin, listen to me, Cold Sweat. 
And uh, <laughs> that I, from there is when I started hunting down uh, Thin Lizzy albums. And I remember I bought uh, Jailbreak soon after that. And it was uh, it was not hard to find Thin Lizzy albums after he passed away. And I know I got Johnny the Fox after he passed away because all I did was collect Thin Lizzy albums for a while there until I got them all, which I have them all now. And uh, Johnny the Fox, I can't tell you. I think maybe I bought Johnny the Fox along with Fighting or something or, or Nightlife. Um, you know, but I, something about this album really, really connected with me a lot. You know, then, you know, there's a couple songs on here I'm going to tell you, man, I'm not too fond of. Uh, but for the most part, this is a fucking stellar album. And uh, I'll go as far to say it's as good as Jailbreak. Won't say it's better. Won't say it's worse. I think it's as good. <laughs> Thank you. How about you, Ian? All right. Well, uh, I first discovered this probably a couple years back. But, you know, got to be honest, I only knew some of it. Thin Lizzy is a band that I love and respect, but I still haven't, like, fully embraced and got into. Uh, you know, my first album from them was was Dedication, a greatest hits album, came out in the early 90s. And I dug that for whatever reason i just never you know sank my teeth into them like i have other bands uh but i knew they were important so like you know i collected their albums and you know got it but i never really got into it this album i never heard in its entirety till we were getting ready to review it but since we decided we were going to do this i gotta say i probably listened to this album about fucking 14 times um uh, but it's it, it's not it's like finding something new even though it's old you know but but like experiencing an album all the way through, um, you know I, I've st- I've never heard Jailbreak all the way through yet. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, I, I would say the one that I knew all the way through besides you know what we reviewed you know in the past we did Bad Reputation, uh, we talked and we talked about uh, Renegade, uh, but I would say Nightlife is one I know all the way through. But there's there's still so much for me to do, so it's exciting, you know, because it's, it's new to me, <laughs> you know. Um, but they're 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 an interesting band. Uh, I, I really dig it. They stand out to me as, as being different uh, and hard to categorize, and and I love that, you know. I, I love something original, you know. To you know, I can't call them heavy metal. Uh, you know, and, and to me, even hard rock is, is I, to me, they're just a rock and roll band and a great rock and roll band at that. Uh, and I just love Phil's songwriting. Uh, I, I think he's a, a true poet and, and, and I, I don't, I don't know. I, I look forward to, to getting into this band more because I, I think it's just going to be like this, like, like Christmas every day discovering something new and and not everything i love but but a lot of it is like wow where's this been all my life so uh fuck it man let's get into it let's start at uh track one and since you're our guest steven why don't you take johnny all right well this is a great opening track um just gets right into it no messing around i think um before i'll end up saying this for every song so i may as well just say this I think this is Brian Downey's best Lizzie album. The drumming, he's so underrated. Um, 
the drums are just amazing on this song in particular. Um, while while is singing, uh, especially at the chorus when he's singing "Oh Johnny," if you listen to the drums in the background, it just it just pops. That's what I hear whenever I listen to this song. Is is down his drums just just reach out to me? And um, again, another thing about this album, I think it's about Lizzie in general, but wah wah pedals galore. I mean, all over the place with the wah wahs. I love all the solos in here. This I don't know. This song is just again, you know, a great storyline. Um, Every song is always some kind of story with, with Liner. He, he doesn't really have any like throwaway lines or um, stupid, you know, it's, it, there's always something behind uh, behind the song. So this is just a great, a great rocker. It's just straight in your face. I'd give this uh, four glasses of Manischewitz out of five for this one. It's a, <laughs> it's a great opening song. It just gets you. I like I like songs that get you, you know, opening songs and albums that just get you right into it uh, and just first off first song right back into the into rock and that, that's what i like about this song it's not the best lizzie song but it's it's a great opening song yeah uh, oh, it's an awesome think? track like you know no uh, one could tell a story like phil you know a song you know a song about a, like a bad egg called johnny a drug addict that broke into a drugstore and killed a guard at the store and he's on the run then gunned down by the cops in an alley fucking awesome opening track and you know so much passion in that chorus the way just you know as simple as it is the way that phil goes oh johnny i feel it man i mean i fucking feel it and yeah i love that solo and that insanely underrated drummer uh brian downey and yeah steven nailed it man his drumming on this tune is fucking badass i love this song yes i agree great opening track what do you think ian well, uh, I think you guys summed it up perfectly. Yeah, great fucking opener. Uh, great way to grab attention. And, and to me, you guys bro- both brought up the storytelling of Phil. Uh, to me, I compare him a lot, even though he sounds nothing like them. I compare him to like a, a Bob Dylan or a Bruce Springsteen. Not in how the music sounds, but... His, his lyrical delivery and his storytelling. He creates characters that, you know, when you listen to it, you just, you you, you follow the story. It's not just a, a Spoon, Moon, and June that I know you hate, Ralph. Uh, you know, it's, uh, he takes you somewhere. He had a very vivid imagination. And I, I think a lot of that comes from his Irish background. Uh, you know, you know, I, I, we love to tell our tales and stories, and I, he always embraced. Uh, you know, he's a very proud Irishman, and and you could hear it in the music. Even though I'm a self-hating Irishman, I hate like traditional Irish music. I can't fucking stand. But it, it there is a certain cadence and story to, uh, you know, Irish folk songs and and storytelling, and I he exceeded brilliantly at that and that's what he does here you know you said you know yeah about a junkie robbing a drugstore but it it, it it pulls you in and it makes you listen like oh shit what's going on here it's just a little bit different than uh you know boy meets girl boy loses girl which he could also do brilliantly but i think there's far more at least what i know of thin lizzie there's far more story songs like this and I, I find it very rewarding and a great opening you know, track. I, 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 uh, maybe Stephen can uh, confirm this, but I believe I read somewhere Bruce Springsteen was a huge fan 
of Phil Lynott. Is that true, uh, Steve? Yeah, I've heard that before, yeah. I, I think they were mutual. Uh, they, they liked, they liked you know, because it's a storytelling thing. Yeah, the storytelling thing. That was really what it was. I know was, that's, but yeah. that Phil was yeah. a huge fan of Van Morrison. Yeah, yeah, he was. All right. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I'll take the next one, which is Rocky. Uh, to me, this is a great one-two punch. I, I mean, you got you got Johnny, a great fucking opener. You go into Rocky. It holds the momentum. Uh, you know, another great hard rocking tune. And I love... Uh, the guitar attack on this, uh, you know, you know, then Lizzie, I mean, that's besides Phil, Phil's voice and his storytelling. They're most known for that twin guard, uh, twin guitar attack of uh, Scott Gorm and uh, and uh, Robinson. Uh, I love this one. Now, one thing I wanted to ask Steve in particular, because you are the huge fan, I've heard mixed things about this being a. Uh, a concept album or half of it's a concept album uh i knew you were going to say that i was going to say the same thing right and and before you go into to you know how you feel about this song uh are, are you familiar with is it a concept album if it is what is the story about what's in the concept and what's not i will i don't i don't think it's a concept album. i've heard that before that it's a concept album but i to me, nothing is linked in the songs. I mean, it's just it's it's names. You know, you got Johnny the Fox, uh, right. so I think it's more like that kind of theme. Uh, I don't think the songs are linked, though. I don't think there's a there's a, a theme that go, that goes through it. But I, I've heard before that it's maybe it was supposed to be, or that was the idea. But I, I don't I don't find any any um, any link there, any any theme going through the album. Okay, cool. Then it's not just me. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you what do you think of Rocky? I um yeah. Again, it's another. It's a great. It's like you said, a one-two punch. I um I don't think the chorus is as strong on this one as, as Johnny. I mean, I like the chorus, uh, but it's just not as, as strong. Uh, the, the twin guitar sound. It's just very typical uh, Lizzie sound. Again, the drumming is just phenomenal on this. I think that um, the, what I love about Lizzie is every different style that they choose. I can still always tell it's Lizzie. Like even if you know if you drop a needle, I'll, to me you always know it's Lizzie, even if it's a slow one, a fast one, or whatever it kind of may be. And this song is, is just another, you know, balls out rocker. Really, I mean it's it, it's just basically like you said, it's carrying on to the theme of uh, of Johnny. Um, I just don't for some reason the chorus doesn't doesn't stick out as much as as the rest, but the rest of the song. Is really cool, and it's a great it's a great song. I'm not knocking it, but I would just it's a little bit less than than Johnny for me. Oh, I agree 100. percent I like it. You know, cocky Rocky, the rock and roll star. I love how Phil belts out this song. I love his vocals on it, and I, I do dig that melodic twin leads. It's the first time it shows up, and you know, but it's to be expected from uh, Gorham and Robertson. You know, I think it is another winner, but yeah, it's not as good as Johnny, but. It's like a song that, you know, it's a good segue. You know, it's still, it's, it, it, it is a great song to put as a second track. So I dig it. I'll take the next one, Borderline. Now, I have this Phil Lynott documentary where they show a clip of this video of the song and it's Phil sitting on a stool. It's kind of like the Sarah video, but I can, I can never yeah. find a full version everywhere, anywhere of this fucking song. But, uh, 
You know, and Thin Lizzy has so many amazing ballads, but I gotta say, man, this one is my favorite ballad by this band. Musically and lyrically, it pours out this fucking emotion. You know, this ain't no, you know, I wish I was there for your birthday so I can see you blow the candles out. You know what I'm talking about, Steven? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it's a, a great song, this. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know, it's just like, if you listen to this song, it just doesn't sound premeditated to me. You know, I can see Phil all fucked up in a bar asking a bartender for another drink. You know, this shit is real as fuck. And my favorite line is like, Genie, can I tell you what's my saving grace? The, 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 just the sound of his voice and the way he sings it. Oh my God, I, the fur is rising right now. Just thinking of that part. Absolutely love this song. It's my favorite Thin Lizzy ballad. And I love a lot of Thin Lizzy ballads, don't get me wrong. But this one, like another one coming up on this album, I love. But uh, love it. What do you think, Ian? Um, this is one, uh, I, I gotta say, I love when Phil is heartbroken. But I'm torn on this one. Uh, I love the verses, but not the chorus. Uh, like what, what, uh, what Steven was saying about Rocky, I kind of feel this way. It loses me on the chorus. This one was heavily influenced by Brian Robertson. Uh, uh, he, he did the lyrics and stuff for this one and was very much like his song. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I love I love their ballad. Still, to, to this day, my all-time favorite Thin Lizzy song is Still in Love With You. Uh, you know, to, to me, th this man does heartbreak like nobody else. But this one, I guess, it just loses me there. Uh, I still like it, but the chorus prevents it from being a favorite for me. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I love this song. Um, I think it's, you know, basically what Ralph said, actually, but... A great solo it's just very easy it's very mellow it's very easy listening i have um, a mixed you know a playlist um all slow lizzie songs and uh, you know this is always on there and it's just um it's just a very smooth so i don't know if i'm explaining it right but it's just a very smooth song it's very easy listening um i don't know it's just an amazing song the lyrics are great he was very influenced by America. He was very taken by the States when they, when they toured here. And a lot of his songs after that, after that tour, he would, you know, he would put a lot of uh, emphasis on, on, on the States. And um, I think this was, I think this was one of them. And it's just a great song. Sorry, I'm dying here. I've got, I'm recovering from pneumonia and I'm trying not to cough my guts up while we're talking. But um, it's, it's a great song. I love the guitars in it, the guitar solo in it. Um, you know, it's just, it's a classic to me. It's a classic, uh, uh, slow Lizzie song. And they've got a few, there, there are a few Lizzie songs that I could do without, believe it or not, of, of the slower stuff. Uh, this is definitely not one of them. All right, why don't you take the next one? Don't right believe on. a word. Well, this, uh, don't believe a word is just a freaking classic. I mean, it's like two and a half minutes long. A guitar solo to me is a, is a song in itself. I, I, I mean, I, I hum along, you know, to the solo, but it's just an amazing, amazing solo. I have no idea, as much as I love Lizzie, I have no idea who does what solos in Lizzie. Like, I know some people can go, this one's 
you know, Adrian uh, Smith, and this one's uh, Dave Moore. But with this, I've no idea if it's oh, Scott it's, or, or it's Brian um, Robertson because uh, uh, the video. The only time I can tell is when, on like Thunder and Lightning, when it's oh, yeah, uh, Sykes, you can definitely tell. But, but I, I have my favorite version of this song, actually. I had, um, when Cold Sweat came out, I got the 12-inch single, and uh, on the B-side was a live version of Don't Believe it. a Word. I have it on vinyl. Yeah. And it's a slow, it starts yeah. off slow, and he says, this is a song about a girl I met at Hammersmith, and it, and it starts off slow, and then it just goes into the most rocking uh, solo to, to get into the heavy side at the end. It's about seven or eight minutes long, and it's the best version of this song ever. But this song, I mean, I've heard this covered a million times with so many different people. Um, it, it's just a brilliant song, brilliant. The lyrics are fantastic on this song, uh, basically telling, saying, don't trust me, you know? And um, it, it, it's it's one of the classic. Anybody who's a Lizzie fan has got to say that this is in their, their top uh, Lizzie songs. It's just a classic. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, if this song was uh, as huge as Boys Are Back in Town, uh, I'm convinced Thin Lizzie would be so much bigger in the States. Because, uh, you know, people that would hear this song w- would be wanting to hear more from this band. You know, I, you know, I, I think... Uh, Boys Are Back in Town doesn't have that effect. You know, and after, you know, all, all this um, time, I'm still amazed it's not on classic radio. They didn't pick up on it, you know? This song is fucking perfect. It's short, it's hooky, and it's, it, it's, it is a masterpiece. And this is like, yeah, you know, this is, uh, I'll, I'll put this up on my top 10. It's a, it's a perfect Thin Lizzy song. It's, and that solo yeah. in there, the solo the in there is starts, amazing. Like, that shit's fucking awesome, you know? And it's so short and hooky, and it's like, dude, don't add an ounce of fat on this. It's perfect as the way it is, you know. Love it. What do you think, Ian? Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, th- this is a great fucking song, and I love every version. And and this was a song that caused, uh, you know, a big rip while they were recording this because uh, Phil originally conceived that it is is a ballad. And, and slow, and he played it for Brian Robertson, and Brian Robertson's like, that's shite. That, uh, that, that's how, how they say it over there, across the pond, shite. Um, yeah, he didn't like it at all. And and that pissed Phil off. Phil, uh, fuck, you know, he, he didn't come back to the studio, I believe, for a couple days. Uh, and then they reworked it, uh, you know, a, a faster version. And uh, had a lot of input from Brian Downey, and and uh, Brian Robertson, and uh, and and that was a great bone of contention with uh, Brian Robertson when it came out that it was only credited to Lynette because or Lynette, however the fuck you want to say it, uh, because he believed that they, they had a lot more to do with the writing of it. You know, the final way it turned out, and they should have been given credit. But I love every version of this fucking song. You know, it's on the first Gary Moore solo album, you know, in a more, you know, slower, bluesier tone. Is it Back on the Streets album, I think it is? It, yeah, yeah. And I, I love that one. I, I love it slowed down. I love it fast. You know, I love. I know the version you guys were talking about. I love that one. You know, there's, there's another version I've heard. It's by a, a band, I think they're called Space Elevator, and it's a girl singer. It's a girl, and it, I... It's, I think they're called Space Elevator, and I just, I don't even know how I heard, came across it. And they do a very, very slow version of this song, and it's, it's fantastic. 
It's, a really, it's just, I think, it's just such a good song that however you do it, it's going to come out. And oh, yeah. And, and, and I think the words are, and what I love about it is the interpretation, uh, you know, because that, that's a great thing about music. Everybody has a different interpretation of what it means to them and, and, and how they get it. And, you know, especially the, you know, the crap I'm going through right now. Uh, you know, I, I see it as a guy like like to me when I hear it, it's like uh, I, I listen to it like he really does love her, but he can't admit it and he can't say it like the shit I'm going through. Like I have fucking I have so much hate for this person right now. But at the same time, I still have a lot of love, too. But I can't fucking, you know, I can't allow myself to think that way because I'll suffer. You know, and, and that's, I love the little play on words in here. At least that's what I get out of it. And and that's why I think it's so effective in the different versions. Where, you know, where it's faster, you, yeah, it kind of comes off like he's, uh, you know, yeah, don't believe a word, bitch, you know, because whatever I say, you know, you know, I'll say anything to get in your fucking pants. But then you slow it down and you can see a guy like trying to lie to himself to to save himself, to not get hurt. And I, I, I love that it can work both ways. I, and that, to me, is a, you know, the true genius of the song, that it, that it can go either way. And, man, I mean, what more can you say? It's my third favorite track, uh, and that's saying something, man. I, I really, really love this song. But I'll take the next one, uh, Fool's Gold. And I got to say, got to pass on this one. Uh, a little boring to me. This one is about, you know, people leaving, you know, the great potato famine in Ireland, you know, coming over to America to try to find, you know, you know, fortune and a better life, you know, in the gold rush and everything. Uh, but to me, this, this one misses the mark, you know, but, you know, some people might listen to this and, and they love it. They think it's one of the best. I'm that way with the title track, The Black Rose. I know so many people who worship that album and worship that song. That's that's not one of my favorite albums. I don't hate it, but it's not one of my favorites. But a lot of people are like, oh, Black Rose. Oh, that's that's the most amazing. And the title track, oh my God. Uh, oh my God. Uh, but to me, it's too like, you know, traditional Irish music and that annoys me. And there's just something about this song. It's not a horrible song, but it doesn't grab me like, you know, the way the first four did. Even Borderline. I'm, I'm not fully on board with borderline uh but i still like it but when it gets to fool's gold i'm like eh, it's kind of a ant eh, way to end side one but uh what do you think Ralph? i fucking love this song okay there you amazing go. storytelling again great setup you know i love that little intro when he's you know a little smoking word thing when he goes into that badass mid temple you know i love that little chicken picking solo they do a little bit and like Steve I don't know which one of those two did that I I, I would say probably Brian Robinson um, this one I think is like the epic song of the album it's so thin Lizzy to me you know they had this sound you know all their own you know no one had this sound and vibe you know and this song has everything I love about this band the story the vibe I just think the song just drives the point of awesome I love it. What do you think, Steve? It's funny because it's not my favorite song. I'm, I'm kind of more leaning towards Ian 
than to what you say. It's a very slow, like, plodding song. I mean, I do like it, and I don't skip it. Um, I find the chorus, again, just, just that's what lets me down on this particular one, the chorus. The lyrics are great. I don't like the spoken intro. There's just something about it. Wow, I don't like it either. Um, so it's just kind of weird. Um, guitar so- solos are great in it. You know, that's what the music, that kind of thing saves it for me. I just, the chorus just doesn't do it for me. And that intro puts me off at the beginning. Yeah, again, I listen to it. And when I'm listening to the album, I, I do listen to it. I don't skip it. But it just, it's just something about it. And it's, to me, it's, it's not the weakest song on the album, but it's it's one of the weakest songs on the album for me. Man, you're delusional. <laughs> fucking, you know, that uh, pneumonia fucked up your brain. I'm sure you liked this song much more before you got that pneumonia. I don't know, man. I don't even even pneumonia. I don't know about this. Well, it's one way worse song on here coming up. So, well, yeah, I have I have yet to say anything negative. But there are some songs I don't like on this. And one one will shock yeah. you. It, oh, it, it might. But I, I, I don't know. I think we might all agree on what's the worst so. song. I don't think so. I think we know. both are going to love the one song I don't like on it. Oh, mm-hmm. God. All right. Well, Steve, you are a very sick, very special guest. Why don't you flip this motherfucking album over and take the next song, Johnny the Fox meets Jimmy the Weed. All right. Well, all I can say, Ralph, if this is the one you don't like, we can't be friends. Oh, this shit. is. Let me pretend I don't like it then. <laughs> <laughs> this is possibly my favorite Lizzie song of all time. Um, there's just something about this song. Uh, the, the bass, you don't hear much. Like, Phil Lynott's not really known for being like the best technical bassist or whatever. He's no Steve Harris or Geddy Lee. But on this particular song, it's. In the studio version, not the live and dangerous version. I actually, this is one of the few songs that I prefer as a studio version than, than the live version. Um, you really hear his bass in this. Like it's, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but there's like certain parts in there where he's like really whacking the bass and you can really hear certain notes and the way that the, the groove just comes in with the drums and, and the whole beat of this song is amazing. The story of the song is about um, a gang in Manchester um, obviously where I'm from uh, called the Quality Street Gang and I believe it's loosely based on on these guys and um, the drumming is just ridiculous and this is probably my favourite of, of Downey's uh, drumming uh, songs along with Warriors from uh, Jailbreak Warriors and this are my two where uh, Downey just stands out a mile um, this just this whole song is about groove and about the bass and the drums for me uh, it's it's very hard for me to pick my favorite Lizzie song. If someone says, "What's your favorite?" I usually give a few, and this is always up there. This is this is just an amazing song. I mean, everything about it is is ridiculously good. So, ten out of ten for me. Well, I hate it. No, I'm just kidding. We gotta stay oh. friends. <laughs> now they lay down the funk. This just oozes with pure pimp slapping across the face of the misinformed of the greatness of this band. This is a band that can go into different vibes and different sounds and still sound like fucking Thin Lizzy. That's kind of rare, you know? And this song is just pure badassery that fits the story. I didn't know it was about a, a gang. I just thought it was about like some shady motherfuckers making some illegal deals here and there. 
But yeah, dude, this is my favorite song off the album. Ooh, oh, ooh. Yeah. All right, let's make out, Steve. Wait, 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 wait. You got to get better first. What do you think, uh, Ian? All right. Well, this is where I school your asses. Oh, God. And tell you you're absolutely right. Uh, oh, my God. This is my second favorite Thin Lizzy track of all fucking time. Oh, funk, yeah. This song is so fucking good. And I got to agree 100% with uh, Steven on this one. Uh, I prefer this version to the Live and Dangerous version. Uh, not that I don't like that one, but this one, uh, you know, the version on Johnny the Fox is studio perfection. And uh, Brian Downey said this was very influenced by Phil's love of the OJs for the love of money. Said he really loved the OJs, that song in particular, and wanted to do something in that vein. But of course, he puts his own spin on it and turns it into this great story song. And he, uh, uh, Brian Downey said it was based on two guys that they really did know, uh, you know, that were in the gang that you talked about, Stephen, uh, and that they were very shady characters. But they were two guys that the band, they said, you knew they were dangerous people, but you couldn't help but love them, you know, because they just had that cool kind of gangster vibe and shit. Like you two. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh my God, is this so good. And yeah, I was listening to this this morning when I was driving to work and I pull, you know, I park in a parking garage. And once I pull into the parking garage, you know, the sound really echoes. And it just sounded so fucking good. Oh my. And I had it fucking cranked. I, I crank this song every time. Oh. And that intro comes on. Yeah. Oh, you you have to. This this is amazing. If I wasn't so blinded for my my love and you know personal reasons for still loving you, this would probably be my favorite uh, Thin Lizzy song of all time. But as of right now, it's at number two. But goddamn, is that a strong fucking number two? In my opinion, the best song on the fucking album. Book yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I'll take uh, the next song, Old Flame. And uh, I gotta say, gotta pass again on this one. Uh, this one I put in Fool's Gold territory, but I would put this one even less than uh, Fool's Gold territory. Still not my least favorite song on the album, uh, but to me this one is just kind of eh. Uh, nothing apprehensible that I can't forgive, but nothing that stands out. Uh doesn't do much for me. What do you think, Ralph? Well, I gotta admit, this one uh, does not grab me either. You know, I do love the bridge. I, I ain't gonna lie, and I and I love the lyrics. It's great poetry, but I, you know, I kind of like. It's not that great and to me. It's like filler. Uh, it, it has some good yeah. elements to it, but I don't think it comes across that well. Uh, that's what I think of Old Flame. You, uh, Steve. Yeah, similar, really. I like the rhythm section of it, um, but I, I don't really. Again, I don't. I don't skip it. It's got a great guitar solo in it, uh, which you know, uh, it helps to save the song. But the chorus, I just it just doesn't really do it for me. The lyrics are fine. Um, you know, it's a typical kind of love song kind of thing. But yeah, I, the chorus just doesn't really do it for me. And like I said, I like the music behind. Like I like. I have the um, the deluxe issue with all like the outtakes and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I got that too. 
and you know some of these songs i'm not sure if this is particularly one of them but they, they they've done a few of them without the lyrics and stuff and the music itself just even without the lyrics just stands alone sometimes uh but this song yeah i like it i like it up until i just don't like the chorus it's just very if the, if this if this wasn't lizzie i would never listen to it you know what i mean well, what do you think of massacre it's fucking brilliant how so hey uh, I, I love um i prefer the live version of this actually talking about live and it's, it's much faster i think it's got great lyrics uh I like the power chords under the vocals, like as he's singing instead of just, you know what I mean, like the, the one note chords kind of thing. Um, Down is drumming, I think he's fantastic in this. Uh, I just think it's a killer solo on it. I just, it's, it's, it's a classic Lizzie song, uh, although I do prefer the Live and Dangerous version just because it's sped up a bit more. How about you, Ian? Uh, well, I gotta say, uh, I know this sounds like sacrilege, I, I still haven't heard Live and Dangerous in its entirety. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, that's my bad. Um, but I gotta say, this is not a bad song, but there's just something about it that doesn't grab me completely. And I, I, I don't know, but I know there's something going on. I, I, I know it's, it's a, a fan love song, and I know I should like it more than I do, but it's just kind of there for me I would say maybe it would grow on me but after listening to this album so many times it's still uh, again nothing offensive but uh, just something that doesn't grab me what do try, you think? Try the live yeah. version it's much okay, more. Okay I, I, I will I check that out Live and Dangerous years before I ever owned this album and I think Massacre is probably my favorite song off the live album but when I heard this version I was so let down how slow it is. I don't like it because of that. I feel the same way about Cowboy Song, actually. I I, I don't think yeah. the, the, the Jailbreak version is as good as Live and Dangerous. You know, I think... Uh, see, see, that's the one I know. I, I don't know the live version. I yeah, know the studio, studio versions are, are inferior, the, both those songs. And I hate to say it, but this is just not good. And this is an incredible song. You know, this is, you know, the one song that, you know, when, when I heard the live album, I was like, fuck yeah. Now that's the best fucking song on this fucking album. Because the, the song rules. You got to hear the live version. It's just phenomenal. Iron Maiden covered this, by the way. And um, and they did a good cover of it, too. Um, but, uh... Is it with, yeah, with yeah, Bruce, Bruce? or who's it was like, like around Seven Sun era. Uh, but yeah, they did a good smoking version of it, which they do like the live and dangerous version. They sped it up. Uh, but yeah, I hate to say it, and it's, and it's a weird, it's a weird thing to say that you know a song I absolutely love, I absolutely hate on here. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as yeah, yeah, fuck it, I'll go with hate because I think it doesn't benefit at all how slow it is, and it's just so mundane to me on here. It really needs that extra push that. The live and dangerous version has and i was really let down because this is one of the reasons you know I, oh it's got massacre on it you know then i heard i was like what the fuck man you know it's so <laughs> slow and so and you know the lyrics are so badass but i don't think it really you know genuflex is that a word uh okay no. well, fuck it, <laughs> uh, it does, yeah it is no, now yeah it, it doesn't genuflex <laughs> on this song but uh 
Yeah, whatever, you know. Uh, uh, Copyright yeah, that God. shit, dude. Genuflex. Copyright. All right, I'll take the next one. <laughs> Sweet Marie. Now this is a perfect fucking ballad. You know, I can't see how any chick can hear this song and not get so wet that she will leave a snail trail behind her wherever the fuck she walks. It's fucking beautiful. You know, I like, you know, stupid shit like, you know, I want to lay you down on a bed of roses. You know, yeah, good idea. Lay a chick on a bed and have thorns stab her all over. Fuck that noise, man. Just pour a glass of wine and play this song. She'll be slipping and sliding on that vagina. I love it. Sweet Marie's fucking awesome. I love this song. Great ballad. What do you think, Steve? It doesn't do it for me. It's again, it's like the other one. If it, if it was, if this wasn't on a Lizzie album, I would never listen to this song. It, it's you know, it, it just it's just a nothing to me. I usually at this point, I usually skip this song. You like you like better. Uh, than it's okay. They've done better ballads. You like it? You like it better but than it, this though. I do like Better Roses better than this, yeah. <laughs> oh, Mel Gibson was right. Oh. oh. God damn, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nah, it, it just doesn't. It just doesn't do. I mean, I don't dislike it. I just, it, it does nothing to me at all. Right on. What do you think, Ian? <laughs> uh, oh my God. This song is absolutely fucking beautiful. Oh, homo. Uh, Let's kiss. I, you know, well, <laughs> I, I do. It, it, it's fucking. Uh, I know this sounds horrible. It's dreamy. Oh yeah, my! I, 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 I mean, I'm right I hear there with you. I fiddle with my anus to this song. I I, I hear this song. You know, there there's certain songs that like just kind of take you somewhere, and 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 this song does it to me it's it's almost like a but like a perfect not that it sounds like the beach boys but like like when you find you know but it's something like that just when you hear it like time stops and everything around you stops and you just listen to this song and you float you know not 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 that it sounds anything like this this artist or his music but it does have that you know that berry white how it gets all those chicks all wet you know what I'm saying? It's got yeah, that vibe. Oh, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh man, I, I I love and this is one, um, like where you say you skip it, Steve. I, I mean, this is one I'm waiting for it. You know, like oh, you know, especially coming after. You, you know, this album starts with one of my all-time favorite songs. It goes to two songs where I'm like, eh, but I know Sweet Marie's coming. You know, so there's there's going to be this payoff. Like, you know, don't skip these songs. You know, life's going to get better because Sweet Marie's going to come out. You always say you're not into ballads. Yeah, I'm surprised you like this. the first time that Ian oh. and I agree with a ballad, I think. Oh, no, no. Bear. Oh, yeah. And this one. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well no. You know, and, and that's the funny thing. You know, I, <laughs> I was, you know, when I'm dealing with my heartache. And I, you know, at work, I, you know, when I have a chance to, I'm listening to stuff on my phone, and I just kept skipping and skipping and skipping because I wanted to hear 
heartbreak songs because that's all I could identify with. And it's just like, fuck, I have no balance. <laughs> you know, I have no balance. Shit. <laughs> you know? Uh, but goddamn, to hear a song like this and, you know, but this song doesn't make me sad. It doesn't make me sad one bit. It, it, I don't know. It's, it's it's the wind beneath my wings, dude. <laughs> it just takes me somewhere. I just like I hear this and I feel like life's okay. Life's okay. like I don't even listen to the lyrics. Like I know it's it, it's sad and sweet and lament for a girl and stuff like that. But I don't even feel that when I listen to it. I just feel transplendent. <laughs> I want makeup words too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just just like ah, like I'm floating on a bed of roses. <laughs> I, I I really I I love love Sweet Marie. Now this one, uh, you kind of have to compare to uh, to Borderline just for the fact that this one was heavily influenced by Scott Gorham. Uh, you know where you know all things are channeled through Phil, but uh, where where Brian had a lot of you know input on Borderline, Scott Gorham had a lot on this, and this was about what he felt about somebody, and. But god damn, nobody deliver delivers it like Phil. Uh, oh my god, just transplendent. And I wish the fucking album ended here, because <laughs> I'll take the last song, "Woogie Woogie Dance." Holy shit, is this a shit way to end a goddamn good album? Even though I'm still kind of on some tracks. They all sound like fucking still in love with you compared to Boogie Woogie Dance. Oh my, not only is this the worst song on the album, I think at this point this has got to be the worst than Lizzie song I've ever fucking heard. This, this one is a total turd. And and you can't blame, I, I, don't, I don't think it was heroin or hepatitis or pneumonia that killed Phil or not. I, I, I think it was Boogie Woogie Dance. Oh my God! What a toy! What do you think, Ralph? Well, it's a hard rocking tune, but for some reason, it just feels like it's missing something. It's just so one-dimensional. It doesn't go anywhere. This just seems like they ran out of ideas and and you know just did a hard rocking tune just for the sake of doing a hard rocking tune. And you know, I think uh, they're so capable of so much more. But listening to the song, I can't help but think. Uh, the record company's like deadline for the record to be done. Hey, you guys gotta finish this this week. And they're like, fuck it, man. Let's just fuck it. Let's just do whatever. Let's let's rock. You know, I don't know. I, I agree with you, Ian. I, I wouldn't go as far as say it's the worst than Lizzie's song, because uh, and I'm sure Stephen Kirsch will disagree with me. But boy, there's a lot of really bad Lizzie songs on Chinatown. Uh, but I can't remember any of the, uh, any at the uh, offhand. But. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't like this one either. I agree with you, Ian. Yeah, I, well, I'm just saying it's the worst that right, I've heard. Right, yeah. So I can't even think, you know, because I don't listen to Chinatown. I, I love Sugar Blues in that first track and, and Killer on the Loose in Chinatown. I don't think I like anything else on that. But what do you think of Boogie Woogie Dance there, Steven? All right, well, first off, um, Chinatown's a great album. Secondly, I'm this is... The, oh, hold on. I got, I got to stop you right there. I got to stop you right there. Uh, you know, you're, you're a Thin Lizzy fan. You're a huge yeah. Thin Lizzy fan. Do you think Chinatown is really a good album, or is it total 
like that's the first time you saw him live is it kind of a is it an age thing is it because of the era that you love it or do you think it honestly stands the test it could be I'm, I'm gonna be honest I, i'm not that familiar with the album but it's universally called oh really worst i didn't album. even know that so, no, it's not renegade. Wow, Everybody hates renegade. Well, I've I, I've heard a I've I've heard I've heard some for renegade, but I've heard more shit talk about Chinatown. So I'm just asking you as a diehard, you, you know, is it something I, I, you chalk up to placement, or you really think it's good? No, I love it. I love We Will Be Strong, uh, Chinatown, Sugar Blues, Killer on the Loose, uh, Didn't I Hey You? I mean, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. I'm not saying that every song is is, is a killer, so it's not in my top three uh, Lizzie albums but right. it gets a, both Renegade and Chinatown get a lot of stick from Lizzie fans because they were not fans of Snowy and they think he had a big influence on the writing there uh, yeah. over the years I gotta say I wasn't earlier on when I was younger I never was not a big Renegade or a Chinatown fan it's more later on when I've kind of delved into them a bit more and given them a bit more time that's when I got into them more but Chinatown I don't listen to that often but when I do I'll play it like ten times in a row and I love it uh, Renegade, I play all the time, so it's nothing to do with Snowy White. But I know that these this era was really not loved by by right. Liz, especially especially Renegade. Wow. But go, going back to the to the thing, Boogie Woogie Dance is probably the worst Lizzie song they've ever done. It is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we agree. It is beyond. Ter- there are two songs that I can think of that I always go to that I wish he never put his name to. That is this one, which is just absolute shite of the first order and, and it, 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 it kills me it kills me to say that because he's my hero and I just don't want to associate you know I used to say if he shit on a record I would buy it but but this is terrible and then the other song is from his solo album um, Yellow Pearl which oh, oh yeah, my god that sounds like new wave well you know that there was a I'm sure you know Top of the Pops the yeah. British uh, love Top oh, of the Pops right so they use that as the theme music for oh my god for maybe 10 years so i always associate it with that show and and, and i hate the song anyway and i i love um soloing soho the album except for that one song i, I so yeah yellow pearl and and boogie woogie dance are just i mean oh my god i, I don't even have words to describe them about that <laughs> but don't, don't don't i make sense don't it sound like they were like on a deadline and they just did it did it without because there doesn't seem any thought behind it. It just seems like... Well, know. it's funny. There's a there's another song that, that they did as a... I get, it sounds like a throwaway, but it's a great throwaway. And it wasn't really released on anything. And it's on it's on the video of uh, Live and Dangerous called Me yeah, and the Boys. Yeah, 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 and it was never released on anything. And that was almost like, let's just throw something at the end, right. you know, kind of thing. And it's an amazing song. And yeah, this sound just sounds like... We've got five minutes. We've got to bang a song That's out quickly. Like I mean, the lyrics are ridiculous, and and for someone who's such a poet, to to come out with that garbage is, I, I'm almost in, of thinking that he doesn't even know it was on there, and somebody slapped it on at the end of the album. It's not even Lizzie. That's what I'm hoping. It's <laughs> yeah, so fucking Brent bad. Michael's type lyrics. Oh my god, it's I was just, just terrible. To hear somewhere in there. Take it outside. Let's go do the boogie woogie dance. <laughs> No oh. way! Uh-uh. Nah. Uh-uh. <laughs> you, you understand? It pains me to say that, that a Lizzie song is shite. So, um, it, it really is. It has to be. It, right, but I respect your honesty to say that because, like, a Kiss fan couldn't say something. Like that. Nah, I mean, there's there's a few. There's quite a 
you know, there's a, there's a few songs that I don't like of Lizzie. And, uh, you know, it's just the way it is. I mean, some albums are perfection to me and others are just just yeah, slightly off the mark. Yeah, I can know? be Thrasher guy. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it, man. But you're not like a blind fan. I mean, there's some people that pretend fucking the elder. Hey, man. You know, so that... Hey, hey, I, lo- <laughs> I hate she's gone, rock and roll, doctor, and breakout. So you can't throw me in that category, pal. <laughs> I've never even sat through the whole album. I, I can't. I've tried, and I, I can't make what, it through. What the elder? Good for you. Well, yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Sucking cock. <laughs> hey, don't listen to him. Come over yeah, here. Go suck each other. All right, it, I, I, I'm lonely. <laughs> you know, I have no success so far on 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 Tinder, but uh, Greg Barnes did send me an invite to Grinder, and it seems like a nice yeah, bunch of guys. Spoon all day. <laughs> all righty well that is our review of thin lizzie's johnny the fox uh their second release of 1976 produced by a man who like oh but when i become a porn star i want to use his name john alcock <laughs> <Nice. laughs> yeah no balls but alcock um yeah unfortunately it didn't do uh you know as well as jailbreak and kind of they were dead in the water here in the States, but I, I believe it's a really good album. Even though there's some songs I'm like, uh, but the standouts are so fucking good. And uh, some good shit. And one thing we forgot to mention is uh, there was also some special guests on this album. And the most famous one would be Phil Collins played percussion on this album. What? But uh, when when you when you, they went back and asked the band, they couldn't say what songs he played on, but that he did play on it. Said he was a friend of Phil's, and Phil brought him in, and uh, you know. So what songs he's playing percussion on? I have no idea. Uh, uh, do you know of this, or are you familiar with this, Steve? I, I know, I know they were friends, and I, and I know that he was on the album as a guest, but. I've, I have a book actually. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. He wrote three books on Lizzie going through the whole um, time period. Uh, you know, each, each book was like years to years, whatever. And he did, it was album by album and track by track. And I do, I think even he said uh, that he didn't know which, uh, you know, which Phil Collins uh, you know was on. Partying but, but it, again. Oh, yeah. And but, apparently. Uh, Boogie Woogie Dance was only on the album because they weren't happy with their original version of Susudio. <laughs> well, uh, there's no uh, harmonic on this album, so I know Huey Lewis came on. Him and yeah. Huey Lewis were tight. <laughs> yeah. Right, and Huey Lewis did open up uh, for Thin Lizzy on this tour wow. in the States when he was in his band called Clover. Well, like, he plays on Live yeah, and Dangerous. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah he he's, on, he's, on, he's on Live and Dangerous playing harmonica. Yep. And, uh, and, and and much like the producer of this album, Hugh Lewis is known to be yeah. all cock. I've heard that story, too. Yeah, so yeah, good for him. <laughs> good for him. Uh, but uh, this is an album I would encourage people to check out. Uh, and I'm glad we picked this uh, you know, wanted to shed some light on some more 70s fucking Thin Lizzy and, you know, really, really wanted to do this with you, 
Stephen. So uh, glad you can make it and uh, glad you're feeling better. It actually turned out to be a blessing. We were supposed to record this last week, but Ralph had to cancel because he was working on his newest masterpiece by Thrasher no, Die. It's actually a German. Uh, movie, it's still a masterpiece. Whatever. It's a better story, uh, the way I tell it. Um, but uh, man, glad glad to have you here. Glad you're feeling better, brother. And uh, fuck yeah, man. Everybody needs to check Hell out yeah. some Thin Lizzy. All right. Well, since you are our very special guest, Stephen, why don't you give us our first pick of the week? All right. Well, I'll go with something uh, that we touched on earlier on. Uh, the new Hailstorm album. Um, vicious. Fantastic album. Brilliant. And I uh, saw them uh, a few weeks ago for the third time. Brilliant live band if you get a chance to see them. And uh, it's a great album, Fishes by Hailstorm. Awesome. All right. Ralph, you got one? All right. Well, I'll go. But before I give my pick of the week, I wanted to throw out a question to you two uh, fine gentlemen. Six inches. Um, well, oh, hey, we tie again. Um, what would you guys say would be your favorite Thin Lizzy album? Uh, Steve, I'll give it to you first. Well, I, I said it rotates between three because I really can't pick. So my top three, and it changes in order, is Renegade, Jailbreak, and Bad Reputation. Any, any of those three are just fantastic albums. I, I really, uh, it's hard to pick. It depends what mood I'm in. And, and what would you say, I'll throw you, you know, a second part to that question. What, what would you recommend for somebody who, you know, doesn't know a lot of, you know, one you would say, hey, if you know this might not be my favorite, but one to get somebody into Thin Lizzy, they're most accessible, something that can point, you know, a new fan in the right direction. What would and that? Be? Fan, well, it's got to be Jailbreak, really. I mean, it's a flawless album. Every single song is, and it covers such a, a range of the styles. Uh, Jailbreak. That's what's great about it. So I, I, I would probably say, uh, I, I would say Jailbreak because it's got the mellow stuff on it. That's beautiful and then it's got the hard rocking stuff on it um and you know it's funny you know boys back in town you mentioned before it's a weird song about the weird thing about that song is there's no guitar solo in it and it's always bucked me about that there's no solo in that album in that song and and uh it's just kind of kind of weird it's i just think it's weird for a rock band to not have a a solo in there but and yeah I, I still love that song I'm, i I'm do. Not, it's, it's overplayed i'm still not sick of it and my favorite line is if that girl don't want to know, forget her. <laughs> I love Angel song. from the Coast. I love it. Yeah, no, and running yeah, back. Gosh. Yeah, All right, well, well Ralph, I, I throw the same two to you. What What is your favorite, and what would you suggest as a... Uh, well, my favorite is simple. I, I don't have, like Steve, and I don't have to pick it. Black Rose, hands down. That's my favorite Thin Lizzy album. And if I was to recommend any album to anybody to get into Thin Lizzy, it would be Live and Dangerous. Because there it runs the gamut. You get a lot of, you know, Shanana and Massacre and, you know, and superior versions of uh, Massacre and Cowboy Song. And, um, I, I, I think it's like kind of like the best of Thin Lizzy. Uh, and, and also, I didn't mention this before, but I do agree with both of you. I think Johnny the Fox is better on the studio album. But I like, I like what it does on the... But, you know, there's that... that you hear the funk in that... That guitar tone more on that studio version. It's kind of like buried a little bit on the live version, and I think it suffers. And the huh? 
the base, well, the, the Phil's base as well. That's that's what yeah. it miss, is is missing yeah, a lot. It, of there, it. There's certain little elements you can capture. Uh, it captures on this album that is not on the live version. But I don't mind it. I think it's still good. I think that whole album, beginning to end, is fucking awesome. And I prefer Boys Are Back in Town on there. I like how it just bleeds into after a cowboy song. It's like, cowboy life is a life for me. Bang! You know, I, you know, I dig it. So, you know. And, uh, yeah, but but I, I, I got to admit, man, I hear Boys Are Back in Town on the radio. I switch the stage, man. I just, I don't know. Uh, I just, I don't know, maybe it's just my uh, protest of, fuck, this band is so good, why are you only playing this? You know? But uh, it's not a bad song, but I'm just saying, they have so much better. You know, like Johnny the Fox. It's the weakest song, it's the weakest song on the Jailbreak. I agree. I agree. All right. All righty. Well, I'll go to my... Uh pick of the week, and, and I'll do my favorite. I would say as of now, and I still have so much to learn about Thin Lizzy, but I will say my favorite as of right now I can listen to start to finish, not skip a song, would be Nightlight. Oh, I love that one, man. Uh, she knows. I'm, I'm a huge... Oh, yeah. Shalala. Ian, Ian, this is still in love with you? that you loved so much? Is it the Nightlife version or the Live and Dangerous version? Uh, I would have to say this might be sacrilege to some, uh, but my favorite version is the Nightlife like version. I don't because... like it. I don't like it. that singing? Uh, I forgot his name. I, I just don't like it. It's... Yeah, I, I, it's just... The Live and Dangerous version is the Fuck classic man. version of it. Well, you, you know... It, and then this could simply be a case of a lot of times you fall in love with the version that you heard first. And that goes into my pick of the week, <clears throat> which my pick of the week, uh, you know, I think is a great introduction is a 1991 greatest hits entitled dedication. I love that song. And Originally from Grand Slam, right, Steve? Right. Yeah. Actually, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm friends with Lawrence Archer on Facebook, who is, uh, he was in the original. He was in UFO for a while, and he was in the original Grand Slam with with Phil, and he's resurrecting Grand Slam and all those old songs. Wow. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's greatest hits compilation, and, and no, normally I don't recommend those. I recommend albums, but I think this would be one to get people who are on the fence or may not know. Uh, you, you know, check out these songs. And, uh, you know, then when you find your favorites, go and check out those albums. But, you know, here, here's the reason why I probably love Still In Love With You more, the studio one, is because only on the U.S. release is Still In Love With You, the nightlife version. If you bought the U.K. version or the Japanese, it's the, it's the uh, live and dangerous version. Uh, but it, it's simply a case of, of what I heard first. And when I first heard it was uh, when I was, you know, very young and going through my divorce. And it was a very, you know, you know, there's reasons, you know, that that always takes me back to a time and how I felt and how sad I was. And that, that song really reached out to me. And that really made me like, God damn, this guy can write heartbreak songs like nobody else. But I also discovered a lot of other awesome shit like She Knows and Fighting My Way Back and Jailbreak. And of course, I already knew. Uh, boys are back in town, but that was the only one I ever heard on the radio. I never heard cowboy song uh, until I had that, you know. And 
had bad reputation. Don't believe a word. Dance in the Moonlight, one of my, another one of my favorite fucking uh, Lizzie songs. Uh, so I think it, it's a good introduction, and I would recommend that to anybody. So that is my pick of the week, Dedication. So, Ralph, what you got? Well, my pick of the week is something I've never done before on my pick of the week. It's just a song. I'm just going to... My pick of the week is just a song. And it... Wow, that kind of narrows yeah, it down. And it's the live and dangerous version of Massacre. That fucking song rules! It's my favorite song off that live album. It fucking rules. I love, uh... At a point below zero, zero, a little echoey shit, man. That song fucking kill it. It's like the definitive heavy fucking uh, Thin Lazy song. Massacre off Live and Dangerous is my pick of the week. Thank you. All right. Well, now it's time to go into Fan of the Week, and uh, Fan of the Week is here with us. Even though this is not his episode that he paid for, uh, we love him so much, we just brought him here. And uh, Steve, you've you've been here so long. And, and I appreciate you, and I feel so honored to have gotten to hang out with you, and Ralph has gotten to hang out with you. We and, saw Van uh, Halen, bro. And, and, yeah. That, that, that's even cooler than my story. But, hey, he hung out on my porch. I made him bratwurst and beans. I don't know about you, he but gave that's me a these, damn close second. And, uh, and uh, he gave me a couple of amazing necklaces Oh that yes, he made. I know, still wear what you gave you know, me, Steve. You know, Always. Every time nice. I go on stage, I have those on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was some of my favorite bands on there. I mean, just, uh, you know, shit like that means everything. Because, you know, it was something cool, something original, you know, and, and then something, you know, you did just for, for your love of this show. And, uh, you know, I, I was sad when you moved to New York because now I won't see as much as when you lived in Florida. You know, you don't come around here as much, but... Uh, uh, you know, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that you make it to the next Rockin' Pod and uh, we get to hang out again because uh, I love you, brother. You're a good friend and we couldn't have done this episode without you. I knew we had to have you here. And, uh, you know, to show his Thin Lizzy dedication, he was so sick last week when we were going to record it. Uh, he's like, oh, I can't do it. And then he's like, he goes, are you guys still going to do that episode without me? I was like, well, yeah, we kind of have to. He's like, fuck it, I'm there. <laughs> you know, but it ended up not happening. And uh, but hey, everything works out for a reason, man. And, and you were here today, and I think this was a damn fine episode. So thank you, brother. You know, you are definitely uh, a fan of the week. Not only that, but you're like in the Hall of Fame fans, and uh, I appreciate uh, it, brother. Thank you, guys. I love what you guys do. You know, I talk you up to everybody, and uh, you do a great job. I know you put a lot of time and effort into it, and. Uh, it's not easy, but you do it, and you make everybody very happy. So, thank from everybody that listens. Thank you. Well, thank For you, real. Stephen. And I don't think you control the media. <laughs> well, believe what you want. <laughs> yeah, see, I know better. I know better. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you, brother. And let's get into the plugs. Greetings, Troubled Nation. Welcome to the Troubled Men Podcast. 
I'm Renee Komen, and every week I sit down with my co-host Manny Chevrolet in New Orleans' notorious ring room to discuss good times and air grievances over cocktails. You're no, here. I'm here for the free drinks. I'm here for the free drinks. <laughs> yes. We are the troubled men for troubled times. Uh, yeah, it was all right. Those poppers worked. <laughs> this is the Troubled Men Podcast. Join us, won't you? Yeah, come for the oysters, stay for the white privilege. Find us on Apple Podcasts and all social media. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8 p.m. U-K time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Hey, rock music fans. This is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life and i'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten and we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal and there's no country or sammy hagar or rap on the fucking show that shit is frowned upon with yours truly so if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast tune on in to the terrence reardon and friends audiovisual podcast new episodes every monday exclusively on YouTube. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. From New York. Hey, 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 hey! What up, bangers? From North Carolina. Skitter pal, meow meow. This is Bushy. And the mountain. Tune in every week for your listening pleasure only on the plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes. Thank you very much. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. This is Ian Wadley, Wadzilla from Wadzilla's World. Do you want to hear the greatest, most eclectic show on the Internet? Show up for the best in hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock, funk, soul, and anything else I deem necessary. Wadzilla World, only on Cranium Radio, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be here or be a bitch. 
Hey there, it's Dr. Fuck giving you the Dr. Fuck Show ID. That's right. The Dr. Fuck Show airing here every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Come in and join the chat room. It's always a great, crazy time. That's right. I've been doing this for years on that metal station, and you will love it. Nobody hates the Dr. Fuck Show. And what I mean by that is if you hate the Dr. Fuck Show, you're a nobody. All right. If you enjoyed this Celtic episode, come back next week when it's the return of the fan favorites. I don't know what it's going to be, but you picked it. So if it sucks, that's your fault. That's next week. On the Rock and Metal Combat It's really podcast. our fault. We're the fucking ones that came up with this stupid fan thing. Oh, yeah. Our bad. Steve controls the media. True story. Jew story. Hey, hey. Oy vey. <laughs>